0: Data, a podcasting radio where we talk about data, cloud, analytics and AI with different guests, different hosts and in different segments. This segment is called Data Journey, where our guests talk about how data moves around in their company, what technologies they use and what value data brings to their products. Hello, everyone. Today, my expert guest is Sengi Tkachuk. Sengi lives in Warsaw, in Poland, and he works as a data science manager at Rekit. Rekit is a British multinational consumer goods company that produces many well-known health, hygiene, and nutrition products, such as Vanish or Calgo. I will be talking with Sergei about how he and his company Use data analytics and AI in the retail industry. Let's start with the introduction. CNG, could you please tell us more about yourself?
1: Yes, um, thank you, thank you, Adam. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm currently um, leading data science team at Trackit. Um, as a data science manager, we're a cross-functional uh, global team. We're part of the IT and digital organization. Um, our mandate primarily is to support different functions and different businesses uh, within the company with advanced analytics and machine learning. Um, we're helping them to adopt different solutions and explain how to um, how to use them how business can benefit from using uh, machine learning applications and big data um, to um, to better perform in different areas from e-commerce to sales, from, from HR to brand protection, for example. And there are different use cases that um, I can also um, elaborate later on. Um, in terms of my background as well, I, I spent, um, before joining Record I spent a little bit more than five years in energy management company uh, called Schneider Electric in, in different roles as well, um, and from, from HR analytics to um, global sales and global marketing. Uh, all in analytics roles, but, but in different functions. Um, also, um, I had an episode when I was uh, working for um, a retail um, industry, um, developing some assortment management um, algorithms that evolved later on um, into into the PhD research uh, that I'm pursuing right now as well in the Polish Academy
0: of Sciences. You mentioned the name of your current company. This is Racket. Could you please tell us more about it?
1: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So the Racket, uh, Racket, Racket is the company behind some of the most recognizable consumer brands. Um, for example, Vanish, um, Durex, Finish, um, Airweek and, um, and many more. Mm, this is... Um, one of the one of the largest CPG and FMCG companies, the UK-based company, um, we are um, um, in terms of the data we're collecting a lot of first-party data, um, web, mobile, app application behavior, uh, point of sales, you know, call center information, some purchase history of uh, of our consumers, as well as um, less structured data. Um, so, for example. Um, consumer reviews. So we do sell a lot of, through our different e-commerce channels. Um, And we care about our consumers, of course, uh, experience um, and and safety. So we, we do listen to them through selection of the um, and selection and gathering of the consumer reviews. Uh, obviously, there are a lot of um, initiatives internally that happens that um, require some other unstructured data. Um, for example, some some documents that we use um, for the automation, applying
0: some OCR on top of them, etc. For example, if I go to one of the supermarkets like Tesco and buy one of your products, let's say Calgon tablets, what type of data would you be able to collect about this purchase?
1: Well, it depends. It depends to yeah. it's exactly depends on what point of sales you're going to, and uh, we don't have all um, information about all transactions because obviously there are, there are um, retailers that um, that own this data, right? And with some of them, uh, we have um, an agreement and and uh, we we share this data at some aggregation level that allows us to process them uh, and also take some decisions on top of them. Uh, this helps, for example, uh, to um, do better planning, forecasting, um, etc. Uh, in terms of the data points, it usually um, involve, um price point, uh, what is the item, uh, so a single SKU, uh, price description, uh, whether there was a promotion or not, um, there are a lot of so with the quantity bought etc
0: so this is the aggregated data that you might or might not collect if I go to the supermarket? however, do you also have a mobile app that allows your customers to buy directly from you so right now
1: uh, we uh, we do we do have uh, some mobile application although they are not um, uh, the th- not all of those um, mobile applications are for are those buying, and uh, in, for example, um, in in some markets such as North America, where some uh, brands from from the nutrition business of Racket are more popular, um, one of these brands are Enfamil. Um, we we do have mobile applications that get the data, uh, the, the the usage and allow us to build some kind of attribution models and um, basket analysis um, based on on the collected data sets.
0: It's great that you have already mentioned uh, two use cases for your data, such as basket analysis or attribution models. Could you please tell us more about them and also about the value that they bring to your company and your customers?
1: For the basket analysis, um, this is this one is uh, pretty much straightforward, and I think very common in the in the industry where you uh, try to um, model the customer behavior through the uh, purchase history um, and understand what products are commonly bought. Um, and uh, this this enables better uh, cross sell experience essentially, uh, so that you can uh, do better recommendations on your web pages. So through this analysis of the baskets. Um, I think I think more interesting use case that um, I can I can share as well is that we um, collect data from for the consumer reviews from this e-commerce sites that that I mentioned earlier, and we analyze them to better understand um, w- whether you know consumers report some of the adverse events. For example, some of some of our products have um, a pharma nature. Um, and we, we do need to make sure that uh, all of them are safe. And if there is some adverse event, if someone uses, uh, for example, um, wit, so the, uh, the, the cream for depilation and, and um, leave in comments uh, on some e-commerce platform that it's itchy after the application, we need, to, we need to know that. And in some geographies, in some markets, we are legally obliged to report um, the observed adverse event. In a short period of time after we observe it, and so by collecting consumer reviews, we um, created a model that um, is able to identify whether an adverse event was reported or not in uh, in this consumer review. Uh, it's super interesting use case. It's uh, uh, quite a nice um, um, NLP study as well. Um, there is not a, there are not a lot of solutions like this, um, uh, available out of the box on the market. And uh, this is something that we are developing um, in-house. Uh, this is a proprietary model. Um, and uh, of course, we did some um, some research on that, uh, leveraging some open data sets that are available. Uh, but it's uh, one of the one of the interesting use cases we're working on currently as well.
0: Yes, this use case is very interesting and also very important and you told me that this is the in-house model that you developed internally at Trakit. And what are the tools that you use at Trackit to experiment with data, develop your ML models, and later deploy them on production?
1: I think it's pretty straightforward. For most of the projects, we are trying to leverage um, our, our, our data lake uh, and we built on top of the um, Azure Databricks. Uh, where we can quickly prototype using different notebooks um, and build model on top of the data objects that are there, um, leveraging um, the preprocessed data sets that are ready to use for data scientists. Um, I think it's very it's very good platform as well because um, right now what we observe is that um, the, the 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 line between data engineering and data science is blurring. So you can actually do um, entire work in 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 one place. Doing some pre-processing and ETLs in in the um, in in DataBricks and then build model on top of this. And we are leveraging MLflow that is built into the um, DataBricks to track the performance of the models and then store different artifacts, um, compare the model performance, and then um, and then uh, serve it. Um, this is this is one of the ways we are using it. Some some other mode some other um, uh, experimentation initiatives um, require Usage of different um, tool stack. Uh, we're primarily using um, Azure as, as our main cloud provider, uh, and um, some of the models that we're um, building are built on top of the Azure ML, uh, also leveraging MLflow. Um, and uh, so we start with the uh, with a small prototype uh, that we do on um, using some regular computational. Um, vms that 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 help us to kind of rapidly prototype and get the data out of um, the the source systems process feature engineer and then uh, we scale because scale is uh, super important for us as well uh, and engineer for uh, the the broader usage within the group
0: do you also have to retrain your models from time to time when something important or unexpected happens such as COVID 19 the war, or inflation?
1: Use case with the adverse events detection um, was very challenging because we didn't have enough training data. And we started with the the little data sets because it's it's super difficult. And now we are also working with some of the third parties that will help us label this data to make the training set uh, more reliable. But before we did, before we... uh, did that in the moment when prototyping, we had our internal subject matter experts that helped us um, label these data sets. And this is uh, so called um, um, a human in the loop process that, okay, they delivered us more data, we have more labeled, it's more accurate. And now, and, and then we continuously retrain this. And um, this uh, we, we have a retraining mechanism for this specific use case set up on, on Azure ML right now.
0: You said that the line between data engineers and data scientists is blurring and that you also had a subject matter expert in your team that developed one of the use cases. So this brings me to the next question. How do you actually build data teams at Rekit?
1: Starting from the, from the, from the SME um... The SME is not part of um, is not part of our team. So we collaborated with the uh, customer relationship team. Um and they helped us to to label the data set and they played a role of an SME providing us some information and 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 knowledge, um, the domain knowledge uh, regarding um, the consumer reviews. Uh, but in terms of the data engineering and data science, uh, I think here um, you know it's it's super um it's super challenging uh sometimes to 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 draw this line where you where you know uh the responsibilities of the data engineer and and where the data science come into play and what uh my observation is that um really go towards um uh, a kind of a hybrid model where we have so-called full-stack data scientists, when they can also the prototype on with some data engineering pipelines that are sufficient for um, um, data science workloads and and further feature engineering. And so here, I think where this line is really really blurred, and and I think platforms right now really enables uh, people to. Um, you know to, to to work on both on both sides
0: you told us about the technology stack that you use at Rakit for example azure or databricks however what are the programming languages that full stack data scientists at Rakit are using
1: i think it's 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 very common for not not just for our company but for most of the data scientists out there um uh, so the the python is definitely our mother tank um so there are there are other um languages that are less common uh and used more um, for um, data engineering uh, workloads um so for example for example scala um it's uh, i would say i would say that this is a rare skill but uh, it exists um and uh for some of the um, I would say, boutique um, statistical
0: inference
1: uh, we, we sometimes use R still.
0: Okay, that's, that's great. And based on what we talk about, it looks that at Reckit you have already a number of business use cases implemented using ML and AI, and you also have a modern setup in the cloud, plus a very strong team of full-stack data scientists, and my question is, what are the main lessons that you learned when working with data and ML? Uh, for example, what was difficult, what was unexpected, or where did you spend more time than initially estimated?
1: The amount of time spent on the, on the research um, is often underestimated. Uh, and uh, I think we need to really spend more time on um, um, on understanding the problem, and um, not only uh, from from the inside, because obviously we start with um, the uh, business standing, with uh, why we need to solve this problem, what uh, benefits it brings. Um, but often uh, we forget about looking externally. Um, and looking like how this type of problems were solved somewhere else, and I think this is something that we need to emphasize going forward, uh, because uh, I think this and like was was this adverse event. I'm coming back again to this uh, to this use case, right? We did a good uh, literature review um, and 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 looked at some academic papers, you know, and and now we see that it it goes really well because there are a lot of um, um, leveraged. Knowledge um, that we can that we can reuse uh, and just not um, reinvent something. Um, I think I think another consideration is data collection. The big part of our organization is actually making sure that um, we have everything in one place, uh, well documented, etc. So I think this 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 should not be underestimated. While we are doing. Uh, some advanced modeling, there are also some, some some fundamentals that need to be figured out first. So.
0: Yes, I totally agree. Uh, without high-quality data, it's impossible to implement high-quality ML models. Basically, uh, garbage in means uh, garbage out. But let's move to the next topic. Uh, we talk a lot about what you have already achieved at Racket, but what about the future? Are there any interesting challenges that you will be uh, facing this or next year that will require you to use a different way of working, different technologies, or different skills?
1: Uh, I think usage of the out-of-the-box tools and maybe shift to some outer ML solutions will uh, will help us in the future because. Some of the more standard problems um like classification, for example we do um also one of the use cases is related to the uh, to the people analytics in h r so we are doing a employee churn model and this is this is also super interesting to work on and we did a lot of um, uh, a lot of features that are not common and very custom um But um, I still think that some of the um, AutoML solutions uh, can do uh, very well in this as well, and it can save a lot of time. And uh, we can focus on more more tailored um, projects and more tailored feature engineering
0: uh, that can bring more value to the group. Do I understand correctly that you have some use cases that are still important, but standard algorithms or standard ML libraries are good enough for them and you would like to simply reuse them and this way save the time to work on more complex use cases where tailor-made solutions are necessary to increase uh, their efficiency. Uh, Because I assume that at scale of your company, improving some models by by just 1% of efficiency can translate to huge gains. So so that you would like to spend as much time as possible on those use cases and use out-of-the-box solutions for other set of use cases that are still important but don't require tailor-made solutions.
1: Yeah, precisely, exactly,
0: yes, yes. And we,
1: we're, we're now also looking at some sales execution use cases that can uh, bring a lot of value to the group and uh, they are definitely worth spending more time on.
0: So now I would like to wish you a successful implementation of this use case and I would like to thank you for uh, joining our podcast and sharing your knowledge with us. Thank you very much, Sergey.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: If you are interested in new episodes of Radio Data, please follow us on Acast, Spotify and other podcasting platforms. Also visit gettingdata.com to find more information about other ways that we gather and share the knowledge.